Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We are seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, Fools for, for Christ. Christ. So, Kimmy, mm-hmm. I, uh, do you have a moment, a moment to talk about something kind of serious? Uh, yeah, yeah, what's up? So, I am I'm trying to discern something kind of important to me in life, really like asking the Lord for direction on, on what I should do with respect to I have this uh, a relationship with someone and um, I'm not sure if I should uh, give this person advice and kind of step in and say, hey, I think you're going down a path where you really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you paying attention? What? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Kimmy, could you, could you actually talk to me instead of spending time with your phone? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This was... Uh, let me, let me just... Okay. Okay. Kimmy, you, you kind of do this a lot. I try to talk to you, and instead you just look at your phone. Um, so I've actually brought someone here with me today. Is this an intervention? This is, yeah. No, so <laughs> I, brought, I brought a friend here today. Her name is Lisa Sojourner. Yeah. And she's actually going to talk to us about ways that we can use technology to actually help make our life better instead of ignoring people. So, Lisa, welcome! <laughs> um, you, didn't, you didn't tell me I was going to be leading an intervention today. <laughs> oh, so this is a surprise for both of you. This is fun. <laughs> well, Lisa, would you, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Lisa Sojourner. I, um, I'm a mental health therapist. And I work at Bishop Moore Catholic High School. I work with teenagers. I'm the coordinator for pastoral care, which is just a fancy title meaning, um, you know, I help the students there with different challenges they have in their life. Um, and I bring faith into that along with my um, background in mental health and psychology. I'm also a wife. I'm married to Andy Sojourner. We've been married for seven years now. And we have a beautiful little one-year-old boy, Jimmy. He's adorable. <laughs> He was a pretty cute little guy. I, I know him myself. So I I thought we should bring Lisa on to talk about technology because of a conversation you, you and I had mm-hmm. about kind of a, a process you and your husband came across or developed for recognizing that you weren't using technology the way you wanted. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of elaborate on that for us? Give us the, the whole background of how you started having that conversation and then where it led. Sure, yeah. Well, one of the things that Andy and I do, the poor man, I mean, he's married to a therapist, so <laughs> <laughs> I make him do all kinds of crazy things. I feel things. for him. I, I know his pain. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um, so one of the things that we ended up developing, because it's interesting, um, we just gave a talk on marriage recently and somebody asked us, um, you know, what advice would you give um, to about marriage? And Andy responded, you know, you need to do things with intentionality. Mm. And so as we were thinking about that, when we first got married, you know, life is crazy. Um, and 
we started noticing we weren't on the same page. So, okay, what can we do about that? Yeah. We should have a weekly family meeting. Awesome. And Andy, being the adorable man that he is, always loves to come up with fun names for things. So he decided to call it the State of the Union <laughs> because it's the state of our union. Uh, I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so it really just kind of started initially as us going over our weekly calendar. Like, okay, what are you doing? What am I doing? Who's in charge of what? Um, and then we kind of started adding other elements to it as we discovered, okay, um, you know what? We're getting ready to buy a house. So we need to make sure that we're talking about what's going on with that process. Yeah. So we started calling that the HUD portion, the housing and urban development. <laughs> um, you know, what else? So we, we call them cabinets. So each of these are like little mini oh cabinet meetings gosh. within our state of the union. You guys are awesome. <laughs> this is hilarious. When we had Jimmy, after Jimmy was born, I mean, it's like, it's a huge learning curve and we're trying to figure everything out. So we call that um, the Department of Education. <laughs> so and we just kind of go through each of these things. As so like, wait, so does it literally, like, does you say, so how's the Department of Education going, you know, and then you guys talk about <laughs> yes, it? Yes, we literally start with the title. <laughs> so moving on now to the HUD. Or <laughs> to HUD. HUD. Yeah, no, literally, HUD is actually after calendar. We start with calendar. Well, we, oh, we always open with prayer. You have an agenda. Yeah, we do. We have an agenda. Yeah. Who, who writes the agenda, just out of curiosity? We don't, it's not really written down. It's just kind of like organically formed because huh. initially cool. it was just calendar and then it turned into HUD yeah. and then we added on. So we keep adding cabinets as we need them okay. as they kind of develop in life. We didn't actually come up with a pithy name for technology, but technology was added in there as well. Okay. But we always start with prayer. Whoever begins in prayer is the one, the other person is going to end in prayer. Okay. But the last thing that we always do is we end with, and this one doesn't have a pithy name either, but we, how is your spiritual life? Mm. And what's beautiful about that is I ask Andy, you know, how are you praying? And then we can hold one another accountable to that. He asks me how my prayer life is. And then we talk about how our prayer life is together as a couple. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really beautiful way of staying connected in like, okay, like yeah. this isn't just about like being two people living in the same house and leading parallel lives and being roommates. Like, no, we are 100% married. And that means that I'm concerned with your salvation. So that needs to be an integral part mm. of our meeting. And then, because <clears throat> life is hard, sometimes we would decide, like, oh, we're not going to do our student union. We always end with a treat at the end. So it'll be like, <laughs> like maybe we read a really good book to each other or we have a glass of wine or if there's ice cream. Some kind of incentive. Yeah, exactly. That. There's an incentive at the end. If it's during Lent, you share a glass of water or something like that. <laughs> no, a stale piece of bread. Yeah. <laughs> so how did uh, how did technology come to be a part or a topic of discussion in the State of the Union? Well, what's beautiful about the State of the Union is you don't feel like you're getting bombarded by the person all the time with complaints. It's just you kind mm -hmm. of naturally see a cycle come up, like, hey, because there's also an, there's an area that we call the airing of the grievances. <laughs> so, and again, what's beautiful is I love to talk, 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 talk. So poor Andy, like if I've got a grievance, like this is going forever and I'll, I'll like hit him with it out of nowhere. So now I know like, oh, I can just talk to him about the state of the union. So awesome. we started to notice over time, like Lisa keeps telling Andy, like, Hey, you've been on your phone quite a bit. Or Andy will say to Lisa, like, no, well, I know you don't have a lot of time for that, but how much time did you recently spend on Pinterest? So we started mm -hmm. noticing in the airing of the grievances oh, we're talking about technology a lot. Um, and so 
And that was kind of coupled with, I had just recently started reading a book called Reclaiming Conversation. And it's talking about how technology is starting to impact us um, as a society and as individuals and as couples, friends, all of that. Um, so I was reading that book as we're also starting to notice this pattern come up in our state of the unions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how we came to this idea. Like we need to have an intentional, again, intentionality, an intentional conversation about how is technology impacting our marriage? How is it impacting our life? Yeah. yeah. And so you guys decided to call it a synod. Yes. Yeah. So I had this like bizarre idea because I, you know, like, um, we both love the church, have studied church history. And I remember thinking, okay, like, and in our state of the unions, we'd have like not a lot of time. We've got a one-year-old, you know, so there's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so he, and he's very distracting, runs around. And so we've <laughs> actually started having them after he goes to bed. Cause like, it's really the only way like, we yeah. can intentionally do it. Um, but we noticed we didn't have enough time to really dedicate to a conversation about technology because like, it's easy to get defensive, Mm. you know? And so you want to approach the other person in love and you also really want yours to know that you've been heard and that requires time. Mm -hmm. And so once we get through calendar, which takes a huge chunk of time, like we notice, like, Oh my gosh. And we're exhausted. You know, one year old, we both work. It's like eight o'clock at night. I just want to, I just want to scroll through Facebook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so We need to have a separate meeting where we talk just about technology and carve out, intentionally carve out time, even if that means we have to get a babysitter to do it. Um, And so as I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, the church does stuff like this. (laughs) They have like, when there's like a big issue coming up in the world that they see, like they have a synod, like the synod on families. I'm like, that's a great idea. If I call it a synod, Andy will love this. <laughs> so I approached him. I'm like, what if we had a synod on technology? Because um, I was definitely the one complaining a lot more about the technology. So I felt like this was my carrot to reel him in. Like, could you get any more geeky Catholic than let's have a family synod on technology? He probably bit so hard. Didn't oh, he? he did. He oh, okay. really did. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was the result of the synod? Or rather, I mean, what did you guys talk about? What did you find? What direction does the church give us on this? Well, what we ended up doing was, so again, I was reading that book, Reclaiming Conversation, and um, Andy said, well, before we have this in, he wanted to read it too. So that way we had the same amount of information. Um, And so he finished up that book, and it was actually really beautiful, and I feel like this was kind of the Lord's timing, is it was, we were getting closer and closer to Lent. And so what we decided to do was we would sit down, we'd have a very intentional conversation and, um, we would, whatever we came up with, whatever results we came that came from the synod, we would try to make that our family sacrifice for Lent. So mm. our sacrifice as a couple, yeah. you know, cause we each do our own individual, but what are we doing as a couple for Lent? And mm-hmm. so whatever would came from that synod was going to be our Lenten sacrifice. So it was good. It meant like we had to have the meeting. We couldn't just like, oh yeah, sometime in the future we will. So, yeah. No, we got to have it before <laughs> Lent. We got to do this. Um, and really what kind of what came out of that was very much informed by, um, by this book that we had read um, in that we as a society more and more are running away from intentional conversation um, because it's hard. Um, it's challenging. And, um, 
phones and technology are so easy to make it feel like you are connecting um, when you're not. You know, um, there's there's this, it's it's very seductive sometimes, you know, like they've done studies that show um, just even the presence of a phone mm-hmm. sitting on a table automatically lowers the depth of conversation. Wow. Just, and it, it can be turned upside down. Yeah. Um, that it's so incredibly distracting <laughs> um, that... We just put our phones away. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. Um, and where was I going with that? That it's so incredibly distracting that it's so easy to pick up. As soon as this conversation, there's a lull in the conversation or oh, I start to feel uncomfortable yeah. or I'm not sure, I can just easily pick up my phone and connect in with somebody else. Or even with like this idea of, um, you know, it used to be you could assume if I'm going out to dinner with my friends, I know I'm going to have their undivided attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You cannot assume no. that anymore. No. Um, so it's almost like a, I'm going to say, I'll coin a term here, a depth preserver. And it keeps you from going really, really deep. And then yes. in those moments where you have to make conscious choices and be intentional about finding some even on like a, almost a superficial level of communion with this other person, mm-hmm. you can just ignore them, flip to your phone really quick, and then bring up a, a really superficial topic like, oh, do you see this like generic athlete did so-and-so or signed a contract for this much money? Mm-hmm. And really talk about something you don't care about. Exactly. It's a way to avoid vulnerability. Yeah. Essentially, because yes. vulnerability is hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's incredibly good. hard. Yeah. And it's needed and it's what we desire, but it's yeah. also very difficult. And it's funny because one of the, the things that was taught, so she, this woman interviewed a ton of um, teenagers, adults across the lifespan. One of the things one of the teenagers said is, and this is a 11-year-old, I believe, said, um, my friends and I, we there's either no conversation or we're talking about what's on our phones. That's mm. it. There's no in-between. And you're right. It's either there's no conversation at all or it's look at this funny meme that I just saw. Yeah. And it, it's an attempt to avoid, and look at that age, 11 years old. Yeah. Like, how vulnerable are you at that yeah. age, you know? And it's an attempt to avoid vulnerability, those awkward moments. Um, but there's so much that happens in those awkward moments. Um, it's just like with Andy's and my State of the Union, you know? Like, the airing of the grievances is not a comfortable time in our marriage. And it could be so much easier. Another one of the things, it could be so much easier to just do this all via technology. You yeah. know? There's families that... Um, actually will have arguments via G-chat. Oh. They'd rather have the argument via G-chat than... Google chat? Is that Yeah, it? Google chat. Yep. Rather than having a face-to-face conversation because I can, I can get it right. I can type out what mm. I want to say. I can edit it down and I can say it just the right way. But there, there's so much that happens in confrontation, in uncomfortable moments because you're vulnerable, you know, and because we need to grow and change and be challenged. And that because it's uncomfortable and because technology is designed to hold our attention, um, when we feel that moment of discomfort, it's so easy to reach for it. Mm-hmm. And especially because we nowadays, we think of a phone as an accessory. You know, it used to be a computer and technology was something you had to go to mm-hmm. to be able to look at things yeah. and to organize your life or to connect. You had to physically go to the computer to do that. Even like back in the day when it was AIM and you had to like 
log on with the phone and like right. people get mad if you like picked up the phone in the middle of the, like your AIM conversation. Exactly. But you had to at least physically go to that. Yeah. Now it's with you everywhere. Like you are literally never alone. Um and so because of that, even even in intimate relationships, it's not even just like Oh, people that I happen to see on the bus, like, yeah, I'm like on my phone. So I don't have like these random conversations, but even friendships and marriages, where is that these moments where it's just organic conversation, right? It's not really happening because it's Mm -hmm. filled with a phone or it's filled with a tablet. Um, and so even the depths of our, our most important relationships are starting to come to more and more surface level. And we're not able to feel empathy as much with one another. Mm. Um, our attention spans, the numerous studies are showing our attention spans yeah. are shrinking dramatically. And it's not just like kids that are younger than us. Like, no, it's us. It's mm. our generation. It's our parents. Our parents wow. think that they're immune from it, <laughs> but they're not. Um, everybody, it's, everybody is vulnerable to it. And I even notice my ability to have sustained attention and single tasking attention is drastically less. Mm -hmm. And that's what's required for conversation. And that's what's required for good relationships. And that's what's required for communion. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you and your husband chose to do Mm -hmm. during Lent to really kind of turn the tables and take control of technology rather than the other way around. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Well, one of the things we first decided to do, and this is kind of, it's not necessarily a rubber meets the road thing, but it's more of a a way of thinking Mm -hmm. is that we're going to stop talking about technology as an addiction. Like I'm not going to tell Andy you're addicted to your phone. Um, and again, this is kind of coming from that book and, and why, why not talk about it as an addiction? Cause you're on it all the time, you know, because so when you're addicted to something, what is it that you do? to get over that addiction. You completely stop using it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Except technology's not going anywhere. And technology isn't also isn't inherently bad. It's not heroin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's not a drug. Um, it's not inherently bad. And in fact, it can do some really beautiful, good things. You yeah. know, I'm able to talk to my sister and see my niece all the way in Texas mm-hmm. because, because of FaceTime. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so technology one isn't going anywhere and it's also not inherently bad. Um, so if we talk about it as an addiction, that means that in order to have control over it, you have to get rid of it entirely. And that's just not feasible in the real world, nor is it necessarily desirable. Um, so instead of talking about it as an addiction, we talk about it more kind of as food, as what are we consuming? Hmm. Um, what, and then this is the mental health side of me. Like, do you have a healthy relationship with are you sitting down and intentionally sitting at a dinner table and cooking and preparing dinner and eating healthy things and um, taking time out of your day to do that and doing that in reasonable amounts? That's what we talk about with a healthy diet, right? And the same thing can be thought of with technology. Are you thinking about the times of day that you're using it? Are you thinking about how much you're using it? Who you're using it around? What the content is that you're reading? Mm-hmm. Um you know, because there are some things that I used to talk about this as books, but now it's funny because now I talk about this, like whatever, like media you happen to be reading, <laughs> um, is, are you reading like an encyclical by the Pope? That's awesome. That's great. Are you using a confession app? That's wonderful. 
Now, are you also using it to read about the latest celebrity gossip and how this person and this person was trashing this person? Um, so one, you know, an encyclical by the Pope you can think of as like a carrot. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, like, what is it? What's the, that huge technology or, um, entertainment e-news or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you reading about like the latest thing of how such and such celebrity was rude to somebody else? Well, you can think of that more as a candy bar. So like, I, I shouldn't read that as much as I, uh, I do. <laughs> Somehow, Dan, I don't know if you're reading celebrity gossip columns. <laughs> you're just doing it to be relevant with the teenagers, you know. But in that, like, is it okay every once in a while to have a candy bar? Yes, it is okay every once in a while to jump on Facebook and scroll through a social media app. But are you eating candy bars every day and for every meal? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you probably shouldn't be. Also, on the flip side, like, is it okay to eat 20 pounds of carrots? No, probably not. That's really not going to be super good for your health. Um, so, like, again, like, are you reading lots of encyclicals on your phone? Yeah, but are you reading it for hours and hours and hours at a time to the point where it's a detriment to your family and to your friends and to everything else that you're doing? Maybe not the best use of your time. So if you start, we, we decided we were going to start thinking about technology more as consumption like how are we consuming technology and media rather than thinking of it as an addiction I like that a lot and then once we had that we kind of started to realize okay we need to design because we are very vulnerable to our to our devices you know they are they are designed by very intelligent companies to hold your attention they want your attention they want your their phone in your hand as often as possible and so we are vulnerable to that Everyone is. Nobody is immune. I yeah. know I'm, I'm an educated person, but that does not mean I'm immune to it. And so we need to design our life according to that vulnerability. And so what does that mean? And so we started thinking of it as creating sacred spaces. Where mm-hmm. in our life okay. is there sacred places that technology should not show up? Okay. Um, and so when we got together for our synod, we started <laughs> to decide... What are our sacred places? Mm. Um, and in those, we came up with, um, and so this is what we took to Lent. We're going to try this out for Lent and see what happens and then kind of come back and reassess. Because, again, we do this every week, so we can do that. So in that, we came up with no phones in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So it's very simple because it needs to be simple in order to follow it. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so no phones in the bedroom, no phones at the dinner table or any meal table, to be quite honest. Um, and... We also are putting our phones in the middle console of our cars because that's a huge place where conversation happens as well that you might not necessarily think about. Yeah, and right, it's probably yeah. just really safe to do that. Also okay. that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so no phones in the bedroom, mm-hmm. no phones at meal times. Yeah. Two, two places where like intimate conversation really would happen in, exactly. the, in the car. Mm-hmm. What else? We had thought about no phones in the kitchen, but what we started to realize... Is because that's another place where conversation right. just naturally yeah. happens. Yeah, it is, definitely. Um, but what we started to realize is that, A, we like to play music while we're cooking, especially mm-hmm. on the weekend. So we have our phones for that. Um, and we also have recipes. Yeah. Right. And so, like, we do all it's our just recipes. It's practical. Yeah, and so it's one of those things where you don't want to create a rule that's going to be, again, we're designing for vulnerability. Yeah. So, like, the phone's going to be in the kitchen one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say to myself, well, the phone can be in the kitchen, but I can't go on social media. Like that. 
I'm just gonna go on social media because yeah. you know, even if you don't click on the app, somebody's gonna say something yeah. or text message is gonna go through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even just social media; it's texting as well. Texting is a huge part of it yeah. too. Yeah. And so I'm gonna get that text from somebody at work, or Andy's gonna get that text from his mom that needs to be answered right away. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, like we're gonna hear that in the kitchen, and we don't want to start breaking rules right away. We want rules that it's easy to follow at least for the start. And yeah. so we yeah. really felt that um, the bedroom, the dinner table, and the car were things like, no, I can do that. I can That's do beautiful. that. beautiful. Yeah. It really is showing you that you're, it's really an effort to protect that conversation. Yes. Um, to allow that conversation to happen fruitfully and fully yeah. in your home. That's just so beautiful. Like um, to approach problems like that. And to say, like, this is something to protect. This is something to be so intentional about. Mm-hmm. Let's come up with a plan together. Exactly. Because there is so much that's attacking marriage, attacking families, and just, attack, honestly, attacking culture in general. And where does culture begin? In the family, in conversations in the family. And um, we do. We have, to be, we have to be proactive in protecting our marriages and protecting our families rather than reactive. And that's where this idea of intent, and we keep coming back to it, but intentionality comes back, is, yes, we see a problem. Let's not ignore it. Let's not pretend it's not there until it gets so bad that we don't know what to do and we don't know how to root it out. I mean, and it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, mean, how many weeks are we into Lent? And I absolutely have failed at this. Failed. (laughs) You know, I put quotation marks around that. I mean, and here's the other beautiful part about it, too, is because Andy and I decided to do this together and because we sat down and intentionally talked about, I mean, we initially, I was all about the kitchen, like, no, no, no phones in the kitchen. And as Andy talked to me more and more, I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to concede that point. So these are things that it's not me imposing rules on Andy or him imposing rules on me. And because it, they're mutually agreed upon, what's beautiful is we can hold each other accountable to them without the other person becoming defensive. Mm. So to give an example, yeah. <clears throat> on Sunday, I was sitting in bed, scrolling through my phone. And <laughs> this is like, well, there's three rules. <clears throat> no bed, no dinner table, no car. Like, that's it. It's easy. It's easy, Lisa. Um, and there I am, like, scrolling through. He walks in. He's like, what are you doing? And I turned to him, and I'm like, it's a Sunday during Lent. It doesn't count. <laughs> um, so, and then it's funny because the very next day, now this time I wasn't laying in bed, um, which to me it's like, you know, like a little kid, like, telling the line. I'm like, I'm not in bed. Like, I'm in the bedroom, so he's yeah. sitting on the floor, scrolling through Pinterest, and he walks in, and he's like, it is not Sunday. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I don't know, it's been a stressful week. It's Monday. It hasn't been a week yet, Lisa. And he walks over, and he just plucks the phone right out of my hand. He's like, I'm going to go put this on the charger outside of the bedroom. Would it be fair to say that you see the same rationalization in your clients when they, they try to excuse their own behavior, that they should really be moderating? But they always come up with a reason why it's okay in a certain situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's the beauty of marriage, though, is that I have a partner who helps me to grow and become better. And so when he plucked the phone out of my hand, I 100% knew my rationalizations were not right. right. <laughs> and that here's a person that I love and that I trust and that wants the best for me. So when he's taking the phone from me, it's not because 
he's being ridiculous, it's because we agreed on this and we agreed on it because we love each other and we're trying to protect our marriage. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, five minutes of sitting on Pinterest, like, what is that? But really, what is it? It's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And he's helping me in that moment where maybe I need a little bit more um, grounding in reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helping me in that moment. And then there's times where I can do the same thing. And so it's to the point where I can just turn to him and say, what are you doing? He's like, oh, sorry. And he puts the phone in the console of the card. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't even have to say anything. I what are you that, doing? that honesty. Yeah. What I, I love about your steps is I don't think they're specific to someone in your state in life. So mm-hmm. if it's a family with older children who have their own devices, mm-hmm. they can have the same rules. They can say, no, you're not going to have your phone in your bedroom because then you're going to go hide there and you're not going to have phones at meals because then you're going to ignore us. Yeah. So when we should be having family time or when we should be connecting with each other, then we're going to find somewhere to, to put the phones, to put the iPads or whatever so that they are not blocking our vulnerability, mm-hmm. blocking the communion that should exist in our family. Exactly. Well, and the whole process is something that families can replicate as well mm-hmm. to determine where are the sacred spaces in our family and in exactly. our home. Like, where is the conversation happening yeah. for us? Because mm-hmm. maybe the kitchen is a place yeah. that needs to be protected for certain Yeah, You know, like, exactly. it could be different. It could look different. And it has to be a conversation. Right. Because if it's just somebody, even if somebody listens to this podcast and says, great, those are my three sacred spaces, and they come <laughs> home and they're like, you can't use your phone in the car. It's like... Okay, see, that's being imposed upon. It's mm-hmm. not a conversation. It's not starting with some basic first principles yeah. and saying, why are we doing this? You know, mm-hmm. it's putting the cart before the horse. It's the same thing that people do with, with the Lord. It's like, you have to follow these rules. <laughs> Instead of starting with, I love you. The Lord loves you. And there's the this really the Lord. wonderful person that you need to know. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a pleasure speaking with you, and we appreciate everything you shared with us. So we look forward to having you back another time. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. And Kimmy, I'm glad this intervention went so well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I'm totally bought in. Thanks so much, Lisa, for your help. The podcast area is now a sacred space. No social media, cell phone usage Mm. in here. Okay. Ever. Okay, Dan, I need to break it to you that this is my office. Oh, okay. Well, so (laughs) it transforms when we're doing the Okay, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Great. And can I give a quick shout out to our women's group over at Bishop Moore? Yeah, absolutely. They specifically asked for a shout out. So they are currently meeting with beautiful sister Christy right now and Mm. having some good intentional media-free conversation. Nice. Well, what's up, Bishop Moore Catholic Women's Group? We hope you enjoy this podcast. (laughs) It was great. I got to meet some of them yesterday. And so, yeah, I look forward to seeing people again. Cool. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Whatever time of day it is where you are, we hope it's a good one. God bless. Bye. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.